Hi, I'm Laura. I'm Eileen. I'm Justine. And today we're going to be talking about Remix. Okay, so from our uh, readings this week, we were seeking to find out what is a remix and what role does remix have in cultural production? And also, how can we as educators use remix in our lesson plans? Um, These are really good, uh, interesting ideas uh, when thinking about creating lesson planning and making our lessons a little bit more relatable to our students. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. It's a really great way to relate to students and what they are doing um, in their personal lives at home, as well as how they can relate to school. Um, first off, I think we're going to talk about the video, Ferguson 2015, Everything is a Remix. In the video, um, the author talked about how everything comes from ev- everything, and we learn from copying, and no amount of legislation can stop the social evolution. Um, in the beginning, he talked about how Star Wars created um, Star Wars and all of the connections made with previous works of literature and film monomyth and the idea of building upon things. What are your thoughts on building upon existing literature and art influences? So when they related um, this to Star Wars, I thought it was really amazing to be able to see all the things that Star Wars uh, was built on and what influenced it. And I think it's a really great way to explain Remix as a whole. Um, The idea of things that have only been created to make something great. Um, Many of the sources that Star Wars drew inspiration from have been considered great in their time, but arguably were never as popular as Star Wars. So I thought that was very interesting. And perhaps without these films that preceded it, there would be no Star Wars. But Star Wars went on to accomplish things that none of those works have as far as popularity, sequels, games, TV shows, and books that were based on it. Great. Well, I think the concept of remix and everything that goes into the evolution of the end product, you know, especially when they talk about rap music and then, for example, the Star Wars movie, that there's so many different pieces from so many different puzzles before it that creates this new piece. So I I thought that that was really interesting, especially in relation to how we could use that to, um, I think in one of the other resources, I, I liked the way it was worded, delivering new material in a relatable form, uh, reinvigorated context. So I thought that that was an incredible way to, um, to see Remix and how it works. I agree. I think that's a really great way to... Um also relate it to education because we can encourage our students to build off of other sources and really have that inspire their own work. And it, uh, and it allows them to appreciate the work and appreciate the process. Um, they talk about product versus process. And this is a way that um, all students can appreciate the steps and the, um, uh, the catalysts in between each stop along the way, which is is really nice. Another part of the um, video was the 
myth that everything that you can come up with something out of thin air, but really how we learn is through copying. Now, copying is sort of a hot topic in schools where you can't plagiarize things. And it was, especially when I was in school, it was kind of deterred from copying other people's work. But when you go into art school, a lot of people copy from masters. So I think it's really interesting to look at copying as a form, as an educational tool. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring that up because I went to an arts high school. So in some classes, they would really steer you against plagiarism and steer you against copying. And then we'd go into uh, the art portion of our day, which took up a good portion of the day. We focused on the arts and it was all about copying. It was about uh, drawing figures and copying the same figure over and over and over again, and also copying what uh, great artists have done in history. So those are just so such polar opposites within an educational setting for um, actually copying other work. I think there's a different dynamic, though, in fine art than there is in writing, where if you're creating a replica, your own rendition of a piece, you're putting your own, um, your own hand to it, your own touch to it, where if you're copying literature word for word, that's where you run into that issue of plagiarism and copying yeah yeah definitely i see the sort of gray area of when it moves into like more fan based works like fan fiction and people basing stories off other stories and kind of doing a reboot or a remake of literature and stuff like that but i think that is taking something and not copying it but transforming it and learning from it as a guide i think that um even in writing i'm sure that it's done where you know, you have writers who take from clips or different pieces that they've come across through their time and they've tried to uh, recreate it. Um, when we were looking at the um, article, James 2016, Mapping Critical Literacy into Iterative Remix Practice, um, it looked at the framework of critical media studies to literacy education. How can, what is the effect that critical media literacy has on traditional writing skills, but also in this remix and technological, like, advancements? I think one of the most um, crucial points that this entire resource put across was the effect of critical media literacy as it expands um, their resources of print and uh, print and reading skills and transforms those needs into into viewing and hearing. So it's more of an um, auditory process. Um, I also took from that resource that... um, it is, it's almost a reaction to the developments in media technologies that there is no other, we have no choice but to um, involve more technology because our students are more, are, are surrounded by technolo- a technological world. So to make things more relatable to them, I think that it really um, involves making them fluent in, in media literacy, but also giving them that foundation of the traditional um, reading and writing. Yeah, I really like how um, the media literacy can be combined to be more, um, to fit with what children actually like, uh, 
to fit with what they actually experience in an everyday life. A lot of times they won't be reading essays and they won't be doing like less stuff that we would find in lesson plans, but they are consuming media and teaching them how to understand that media is really important. One of the quotes that I really liked from that uh, reading was by embracing a critical media literacy pedagogy that emphasizes production rather than consumption, educators can equip students with the mindset needed to help shape their future. So I liked that because it um, it basically was a statement that in at this time, we need to bring kids up to speed with technology to help them for their future. Yeah. A great quote too. Um, I'm sorry, the the consumption, or I'm sorry, the production rather than right. consumption is a really great point because I've just experiencing children. I've seen a lot of hours of watching YouTube videos and remixes and reenacting those remixes, and not so much knowing how to create them and how to um, be a producer of this and put their own hand in it. They're really just watching it. Mm-hmm. Another point from that reading was that just like when they were talking about the golden age of hip hop, that was also the golden age of media literacy. So things were transforming and things were, um, you know, with remix. And I, I liked the connection between music and uh, media literacy because one of the points made was just like music has utilized remix concept to bring a new sound or message, educators could use remixing as a way to appeal to students who are more familiar with a fast-paced technological mindset. And that's where that whole reinvigorated context comes from, which I thought was really um, useful in thinking about doing lesson planning. Yeah, I really like how um, remixing can also educate students about the history of a certain media form, like the song Gold Digger. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know who Ray Charles was when I first heard that song, but then just from the osmosis of knowing that song and realizing it's from a different song and that he's sampling that, like, educated me more about the history of music. Right. And you can hear, you know... You could put on almost any Beastie Boys song, for example, and you will hear Beatles because they sampled from the Beatles. And you can hear just not only different time periods, but different genres it remixed into music today. So I was, I think there was a song on um, the radio. It, I don't know if it was Chicago. It was an older song. Um, and it was complete remix of something from the 70s. So Again, like that helped me um, understand where that was from. And then I learned all about this connection and why they borrowed that, you know, piece from an older song. So um, it's kind of interesting to go back to the video uh, concept, how everything stems from something. Yeah, I yeah. thought that there were some really great um, examples of that in Everything is a Remix. There were so many like sound bites of uh, music that was used in various different songs throughout time. Mm -hmm. And those are connections that I wouldn't be able to recognize if it wasn't pointed out to me. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because they're very subtle, but it did influence music over the ages. Um, and on the flip side of the remix concept, um, one thing about the critical media literacy was um, just the awareness of 
let's see, mixing up for political gain. Like another quote that I thought was really interesting was one of the goals of critical media literacy is to produce a more democratic society through democratic reclaiming of the media and its various forms of representation. So it's almost as if, you know, we're all receiving the same information, but we all need, we all process it differently, um, which I thought was a really interesting point as well especially in regards to the whole political climate that we're in. Yeah. I really feel that it builds off our last class session. About, yeah, absolutely. Like, like misinformation and, um, and all that stuff and how, you know, everything stems from something, but sometimes things are twisted. So. Yeah. And your how your cultural background or where you're coming from might affect how you look at a certain piece of media. Right. Um, and I think that one of the main conclusions of this resource was that not all remixes offer critical insight, um, but the assets of media literacy as a family of practices appeal to the interest of um, the, the youth of today and if they can find a common ground in this high-speed information environment. And I think that the most important to, thing to remember as educators is to create balance. I think that's a really great point, that balance between um, using this technology and these remixes and uh, originality. Mm -hmm. And uh, lastly, we're going to be looking at Noble and Shankshire's um, 2008 article, Remix, The Art and Craft of Endless Hybridization, um, in that it really defines what a remix is, which is really helpful. And it goes into arguing on how what can be considered a remix. Um, a remix means to take cultural artifacts and combine and manipulate them into a new kinds of creative blends. Until recently, it has mainly referred to using audio editing techniques to produce an alternative mix of recorded songs that differed from the original. However, um, we can apply that to any sort of like single act of reading and choosing and praising creativity. Absolutely. So, from that, how can we as educators um, build remixing into our curriculums? Looking up some you know, uh, resources that are not part of our, our week, but just outside resources about remix. Um, a lot that I had come across as far as education practices were using remixes to teach history lessons. Um, I thought that was really interesting to take scenarios that happened in history in um, World War II and make it relatable to, to today, making the children feel like they had something to connect to, to make them more interested. How did it relate? What was the, um, what was the common theme or a common ground? And some of the history lessons I read before in regards to Remix was really, really interesting. I think that's really um, a great way to implement remixes into the classroom, especially when history can sometimes be a difficult subject to engage young children because in. Because for the most and part, it seems so irrelevant. Exactly. And then you're, you're bringing this very relevant uh, form of, of media into the lesson, and that could really engage them on a very different mm -hmm. level. I think that could be used in art history, too, and really any kind of lesson. I mean, 
um, one of the lessons that I was thinking of doing in the class that I'm observing because the teacher I'm observing just went to grand jury duty. So now I'm observing slash kind of teaching was to create um, a project based on impressionism and how we can uh, imagine ourselves in Paris during the time of um, impressionism in relation to where we are socially today as impressionism would capture um, a snapshot of their social life during that time in, in, in Paris, France, what would it be like here? And how do we put a twist on modernizing that concept? So I think that this whole idea of reinvigorated context is going to be really useful in, in regards to connecting to our students. That's, I find that a great point. Um, I also think that it'd be a great way to connect to students. So I find it difficult to implement these t kinds of technology into the schools that I've been working on mm -hmm. or working in. So I think it would be interesting to hear about various ways that it's been done in the classroom before. I think that's a great example of the lesson that you're just speaking on, but I just wouldn't know where to even start in a yeah. school that doesn't use technology in the classroom. Um, and doesn't use remixes at all in uh, their teaching practices. Yeah, I like the um, I like the part in this resource that talks about creative writing, which I I know with my own children here that creative writing is their least favorite thing to do. Reading comprehension, com uh, creative writing, all of it—they're completely disconnected from it. But I really like the part of this resource that talks about putting different clips from different texts together and creating a different body of work because then that brings creativity into the lesson and I feel like no matter what no matter what you're teaching when there's creativity evolved and they get to use their imagination they are connected a little bit more than if they weren't and it was more of some sort of traditional um, you know square lesson yeah, I totally relate to that. I have dyslexia, and so reading comprehension has always been really difficult for me, but in some classrooms where I wouldn't have to write an essay, but instead I could make like a video or I could express it through a visual creative mm -hmm, means, mm -hmm. I would do much better in that, and I'd be able to show. Like, I understood what the topic was, but I could be able to show it more in-depthly by... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it changes the mundane and it makes it just, um, it's more current anyway, because our, these kids aren't leaving the classrooms and leaving school and going to live, um, you know, this straight line life. They're crazy. They're all over the place. And I think it makes it a little bit like more um, parallel to their own life when you get to mix it up a little bit and let them take a little bit more control of the creativity part of it, whether it's re whether it's story writing or studio art. I really like your point about how it can make it more relatable through learning disabilities because I've struggled with attention deficit. Same. And it's just when you're engaging a student in a way where it's their interest and it's something that they can engage with, like a remix on, on a different level, it's more relevant. It will really take the lesson to a whole new level because when a student is engaged, especially one that's um, 
struggling with a learning disability, when it's something they can relate to, they can also engage on a different level. Or just engage on any level. Because I know having ADHD, I'm sorry, having ADD myself, just to connect period is is an amazing feat. Exactly, especially in an educational setting where I always found that I didn't connect unless it was an artistic setting Mm -hmm. and unless my my other subjects were related to art in some way. So I think it's really amazing that you could bring this this kind of art, this remixing art into uh, all different subjects across all areas of study. Right. And I even think about my students in the in the class now where I'm observing slash kind of taking over because the substitute they have for the teacher is a gym teacher. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They like when I'm in there because I do change things up and I do make them part of the lesson instead of just handing them a lesson. They're part of the lesson. And I think that um, changing up traditional lessons and structures and making them more current is giving the students a bit more respect that they maybe deserve. And in return, they give you their interest and their effort. Yeah. And also letting them lead education and having them, um, I think, take control of their own education. And that's important for someone that wants, you know, for a lifelong learner, for someone that's going to continue to strive to better themselves. Exactly. So I really thought that this week's resources were really helpful in terms of um, building lesson plans and being aware of the needs of our students today, which is different from the needs of students, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, I or do even 10 years ago. Yeah. And I mean, I just think that we're in a different time. So we can't teach the same way it was taught 30 years ago because it's just not, it's not relevant. I agree. Even um, we can't teach the way that we were taught when we were in school. Like when I was in elementary school, none of this existed. And uh, to be able to relate to students, even if it's not something, remixes aren't really something um, that we engage with in the same way that they do. I think that it could really help um, in the classroom setting. Especially because one of the points in the reading was that the information is being handed to the school, the the education, uh, the school depart, the schools at such a velocity that it, it almost can't be processed because the kids have already been exposed to a serious amount of technology before they ever walk into the classroom. Now, um, I mean, we see little kids walking around with their parents' iPhones or iPads at you know at a football field or whatever, and you've got teachers who are a little older who aren't as tech savvy as some of their kindergarten students. So I think all of this stuff is really important to understand what we're working, what we are walking into as educators. Yeah, I think it's really important to not sort of put down children for utilizing technology no. in certain ways. And I feel like it has always been like, oh, those kids are on their smartphones, but really like in some cases it can be negative, but it can also be spun towards positive and that they are just creating their own culture and they're mm-hmm. doing their own thing. I agree. I think it uh, can be considered taboo in so many different ways. Like people will say they're not socializing or they're not learning anything. They're not being creative. And then you look at the things that they're doing and they're playing with one another 
through technology, they are still socializing all over the all over the globe at twenty four hours a day. So you yeah. know they're networking, they're creating, they're communicating, and um, they're doing a lot. And some of the things that they create are absolutely amazing. It's something that I couldn't have ever dreamt of creating when I was that age. Exactly. So I really liked this week's resources. I thought it was really helpful. I agree. I think I could definitely implement some of the things that I read and and saw um, in a classroom setting. And um, I'm really excited to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the um, remix readings were very insightful on how to on how everything is connected to everything. And that's all the time we have for today. Um, Thank you from Laura, Eileen, and Justine. Bye. Bye. Bye.